what happened after the breakup was this very weird thing that a bunch of his other exes reached out to me on social media throughout the year. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Uncoupling, where we talk about breakups and how to move on through empowering yourself. This week, I am thrilled to announce that we have Ariana and the Rose on the podcast. <laughs> She's a Brooklyn-based singer-songwriter. I'm going to make sure I get none of this wrong. Their 80s synth pop songs have amassed over 11 million streams. And I love these piano chats where she talks about everything from relationships, breakups, women's issues, while singing at the piano. They're really fun if you haven't checked them out on Instagram. And those have amassed 14 million streams. Last July, she released her album called The Lonely Hearts Club, and she is currently on her debut headline tour all across the U.S. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yes. And and by the way, guys, we I, I, I it's my duty. She is currently, like I said, on tour, so she's in a hotel room. So oh. we're really grateful that she is taking the time in, I mean, are you performing tonight? I am performing tonight, yes. Uh, well, I appreciate, guys, as a singer, that is, thank you for taking the time. I, oh my God, I, it's literally, I'm happy to do it. And honestly, it's kind of good because it's like, it's like gives me something to do. Not that, listen, this is more than something to do, but I just mean, you know what no. I mean? Like, it's like yeah. I'm busy. So you're not like, I don't know, like rattling around getting in your head or anything. So I'm happy. I really respect singers. I don't know how you do that with your voice, the voice, voice control and the, and the, and the saving your, I don't, yeah, you guys, you guys really impressed me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So w- tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you currently in a relationship? What's that status? I'm, I, I'm from New York. I am currently very single in New York. I feel like I'm that, I'm like that line and I bring it up four seconds into a podcast. I'm like this, that line in the Sex and the City movie where she's like, Carrie Bradshaw is still single living in New York City. She's like, <laughs> like, you know what I like? There's like a scene in the movie where like the Vogue article comes out and she's like, no, I'm still single. Here I am. Um, yes, I'm not. But it's the best city to be single, by the way, though. The best city to be single. It's the best city to, I feel like it's the best city to heal from a breakup. It's like the best city mm. to be single in. It's also a beautiful city to fall in love in. But I do think that New York more than other cities really feels like it like cradles you when you're heartbroken mm-hmm. and it can be magical. It can certainly like kick you when you're down when you're heartbroken too. But I think that the like magicalness of New York yeah. um, really can come through when you're sort of in that openness and, and in the middle of heartbreak. So um, I'm just, I'm actually currently, yeah, like I said, I'm currently single and very much yep. in like a, like a me era. Um, so no situationships. Like I got like, I like cleared the decks. I was like, we're just going to like have some peace for a little while. Um, we'll see. That sounds so lovely. (laughs) The time to just have 24 hours dedicated to Ariana and the things that are out you know, the friends, the family, the loved ones, the work, the meditation, the self-help. It's, it's really nice to have that, that time. I've never tried it. Um, so I figured I'd give it a go. I, I (laughs) got out of a, um, a really toxic relationship about a year mm. ago. And it just like really floored me. It just like really, um, it, it like, t- I like, I felt like I got like dismantled by it. And so this year has really been about like putting myself back together in a way that is like really taking my time is really not jumping mm. into anything is really just like letting myself be and letting myself like 
feel that, recover from that, heal from that, and like sit with myself because when you're inside of something like that, you get it like that, that whole thing where they talk about how you get like the sort of like on the roller coaster of it all. And like the addiction yeah. to that person and whatever, I was just like really right. firmly in that. And, um, it's just been really nice to kind of get back to like my own equilibrium and then like live inside of it before I kind of go back out into the dating world. Yeah. I, I love it on one of your uh, piano chats. You said, you can feel that girl that's just left a toxic relationship. She carries a certain energy about her of freedom. And it's like a baby bird discovering the world for the first time. Yeah. Um, there's just a really fresh, pure, innocent, vulnerable excitement. Yes. Um, and and healing sort of on the peripheral edges of that excitement. Um, you know, when, when you when you had that uh, that piano chat on your Instagram, I, I really thought that was such great advice for women of pick up on that energy and you, you see that energy. You love that energy. How did you, how did that relationship approach you? How did you see those first times, first uh, signs of toxicity? Well, I mean, it was, it was really crazy because, and I've had like a really, I've had a really subsequent, like crazy year in the healing of it, which we can get into. But, um, I, when we met, I was like very much, I was dating. I was like, and I don't think I realized, I can see now in hindsight, I don't think I knew this at the time, but I was like definitely looking for a partner. I was like ready to be in a relationship. I was like ready. I was ready to kind of like commit to something serious. Um, And I met him and he was all the things. He's tall and mm. handsome and seemingly successful and but it's successful in something that he's like really passionate about right not just like you know has a job and he he enjoyed what he did loves his job which I think is for me is like very important I don't care right right. I don't care what anybody does it just I just care that they love it you know yeah and um I so all smooth sailing so far it was almost too good to be true things I can't believe my love like so handsome so charming all that which is like just how it just tell it to get you sell it on it. And there were so many, I mean, again, in hindsight, so many, so many okay. signs, so many red flags. Um, and I I just I think I so deeply was like enthralled in the romance of it that I sort of did what I think a lot of people do. I made excuses for it, or I I said, you know what, let's mm-hmm. see where it is down the line. And very, very quickly into our relationship, I, he was like very upset with things I was doing that to me felt like very natural. Like he was, it would be, I I was constantly upsetting him in these ways. And, and so I was, I was always sort of put off by that. And I was, it was this you in your own life, like you doing like sending a text with a friend and he would notice it and then comment on it or reprimand it or criticize it. Mm. And and nothing to even do with him. No, no, like, saying, or, or, or like, or if I were to, I would say something and he would say, well, you're being passive aggressive. And I would say, oh, I, I didn't think I was being, that's so weird. I didn't think I was being passive aggressive. And he would say, well, that's a boundary for me. You know, he had a lot of, mm. a lot of like mm. therapy speak and he was, ve- he is very smart. And so I, I was attracted to that. And I think blinded by that because, you know, when somebody can thinking like, Oh, he might be trying to help me. He's, he's really trying to just improve my, my bad habits. Right. 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 mm. Yeah. And so you, and it, and it kind of, it also, I think when, when somebody tells you about yourself, Mm -hmm. I see this differently now, 
but at the time, when somebody tells, he would sort of tell me things about me and I like took them on board, which isn't to say that you shouldn't be open to people t- talking to you. You know, you sh- it's, I'm not saying that, but there's a difference right. between knowing who you are and like mm-hmm. looking at the source of the way people are, you know, looking at where it's coming from and saying, wait, hold on a second. Like, no, I, I don't agree with that about me. Like there's a difference. And I just wasn't in that place. I mean, that was the, le- that's like one of the biggest lessons I've learned is like, it matters what you think about you. And I absolutely know what you mean because I am, I must, I'm of a similar vein of, oh, everyone's just trying to help me. You think it's a, an altruistic uh, intention yes. of somebody that's in your life. And I'm one to go, oh, great. I'll work on that. No problem. And you assume it's, it's altruistic. And, and I've, I've been in a similar situation where, yeah, you look back and you go, it's not that, you know, you, you you hear these sayings of like women getting older and they have more guards about them. There's yes. a reason. There's 100%, a reason. 100%, you know? And there's lived. nothing lived experience. And and yeah, I can't I can't agree more. So it's really hard um, when you are not a defensive person by nature because you think the more the merrier. Everyone put their opinions in the pot. We're all, you know, about a good thing here. Yes. And it, that line can feel very blurred of, like you said, who's actually trying to help me versus, oh, this is slowly chipping away at my soul. A hundred percent. And 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 in the mm. middle of all of that, having all of this like romance and passion and, you know, so it's all woven together. And in my experience, you know, we moved very quickly totally. we fell in love very quickly. Mm-hmm. It was high highs, low lows. It was all right, that. Right. Book, all of it. So, and you, you're like, I love this person. I want to be, you know, I want to be open. I want to be soft. I want you. Know, and there were so there you're were, rooting for them so early. And yeah. And, and you don't want to, you don't want to see the bad that you want it. You want it to be something where you, it's fundamentally good. So and that kind of like sets up a dynamic like pretty early. And, yep. and I, you know, it, it wasn't something that I had actually experienced before in a relationship. So like I was very unprepared. Um, mm. And, you know, listen, there's him aside, right? Like I'll take like my own accountability, my own responsibility. Like me, the me now would look at this and be like, you know what, actually, I don't think this is going to work for me, but I couldn't couldn't know that. Right. I couldn't know that. that I had to like live it to, to know now, but, um, basically, I mean, that kind of set it all up and it just only snowballed and got worse and, and, and more intense. And it, you know, it was at first it was sort of the way I would respond or my tone or something like that. And then it moved into, other friendships I had, friendship, uh, friendships with men in my life, that, that became a problem uh, mm. personally. Then it sort of was moving a little bit professionally. There were instances where, you know, I was just really taken aback by things. And it just, it just sort of kept going. And I really just over the like, w- the whole thing was like a year sort of like start to finish. And by the end of it, I was just like really a version of myself that I didn't recognize the people in my life mm. were like really concerned. Um, right. It was very much a situation. Did you, did you see those concerns in the beginning yeah. when your friends approached you, you knew in the back of your mind and didn't want to look at it or were you admitting to your friends and family? Yeah, you're right. Like I, uh, I don't want to be this person, but I'm being this person. Did Where was, where was your realization? I, 
I, about three months in, it got like, it like really was like up and then down. And like, we were fighting all the time. And about three months in, I actually was like, you know what? I actually don't think I can do this. I feel like you're being emotionally manipulative. I feel like, you know, that's I, quite I, quick, actually. The, yeah. I, I think you should give yourself credit for that because I think that could be six months, a year. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of experts, obviously, about breakups and relationships doing this podcast. And they say six months. They say six months is when cognitive dissonance, dissonance sets in where you're rooting for the relationship. So yes. three months, I feel like, is a really quick about face to say, totally, I need to build my own backbone back up here. Something doesn't feel right. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, I stayed in it for like another six or seven. So, um, but, but it's but really I, hard to undo those, those feelings. Yeah. Well, and the feeling I had at the time, the main feeling I had at the time was that it wasn't right, but I was like, but if I leave, like, what if, what if this is just, this is just growing pains or what mm. if I leave now, I'll never know what it could have been, you know? And that right. was feeling, and you know, I was feeling like this is the love of my life. Like I'm done. Oh, so you, you felt know? like you met your soulmate. So you're walking away from a soulmate potentially. The stakes are so high. Totally. And you're, and you're like, how am I going to walk away from this? And for the rest of my life, wonder if this was supposed to be this person. And I was talking to people about it. I was talking to my parents about it. I was talking mm. to you know, and they had all met him. Like he was very involved in my life. And a couple of like my very best friend literally, and like, bless him for being just so honest. He literally said to me, you need to evaporate from this person. Like you need to get away from this person. You need to evaporate. I have never heard that. That's a great, that's a great, great, he was like, you need to just poof, be gone. Good best friend. Good best friend. Good best friend. And like, bless him to tell me that. Mm. And as a friend, that's such a hard position to be in, that your that your friend is on the fence about whether or not to stay in something, and then stays after you've sort of given them this advice. And and I, you know, shout but out. That's to- grace. That's grace from friends. That's that they have to ride the roller coaster with you, and it's yeah. not a personal vendetta. It's not a personal slant against the friend when uh-huh. your friends going through problems in a relationship, a relationship that you should be getting out of or a breakup. It's, it's the grace you have to give them. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we both, I think, you know, especially after that, he and I both like really took care to like make sure the other, like that I could be open, that he could be open. Like mm-hmm. we really took care of our friendship in it so that like no mm-hmm. sort of resentment or like anything got bread in between that. Cause I think that can happen in your friendship. Totally. One person is in something and someone shares feelings. And, and so basically after that, everybody in my life was like aware, but everyone, to be honest, was kind of rooting for him too. Um, rooting for my, wow. I was with, and they kind of wanted him. They wanted it to be it for me only in the sense that I think I was so in love. And so they, they saw that, they saw that and wanted that. And it just got, like I said, it just got worse and worse. And I recoiled and my friends, my friends at that point, my closest friends, everybody was concerned, so supportive, mm-hmm. so loving. And I feel really grateful that I had like such a strong support network. I mean, I, a lot of people don't, and then you get truly stuck right. in that cycle. Um, and well, if you have a strong support group, then, uh, you know, those friends that get that sort of offended, sort of slant on it. Totally. They'll you need you need the people in either abusive relationships or troubled relationships to have 
an olive branch, a, a, a lifeline. Totally. And uh, yeah, so so I'm I'm so happy that your friends stuck it out there for you. Yeah, they. I mean, I'm really really lucky. Yeah. And I did I did yeah. say to myself once it happened. I said, you know what, I'm going to stop talking about this. I like picked like two friends. Mm-hmm. I just picked two. Right that I like know and trust my very, very best friends and everybody else. I was like, I, I gotta like, I gotta like see this through for me and I'm going to like, and that's a sign. That's a sign right there when you're having to splice it up. And because I, a lot of women, a lot of people have been there of when you start dividing and conquering saying, I have so much to unload on people. I can't unload on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's, totally. It's all the things, I mean, truly all mm-hmm. the things. And and I just was so far from myself and I consider myself a, a very like strong outspoken woman. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important that like women hear that, that like you, you can be all that and it's still, and it can, and it still happens and you still sort of fall inside of it. And, you know, I, it, I, it took yeah. me a long time to recover. And even we, when we broke up, it was a very big tumultuous fight. It was really bad. He threw my shit out the door. It was like, really, it was really explosive. We were not, I was not, um, I shouldn't say it, it was explosive in the sense that he was angry and was like, and was sort of, like I said, like putting my things in the hall. We were not fighting. I was not like, actively you recoiled trying to sort of just take all the rage coming at you I was like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm out one at that point I was like I'm done it was like I had hit a there was something in my body that had like hit a release button and I think it's worth saying that like pretty quickly into the relationship like I had a knot in my stomach the entire time and it's like listen it's very much that thing of like when your intuition says no like we can unpack it later. We can figure it out afterwards. Like when your intuition says, no, you gotta go. You just gotta go. That's it. We don't have to. Like- and it, it's so hard to listen to that voice. Oh man. It's the worst. It was like my internal voice was like, hi, um, <laughs> I don't like it here. And then like the other part of me, my head or my heart was like, okay, but just like a little bit, let's just stay like a little bit longer just to see. And like, it was literally like having this back and forth inside of me where my intuition kept being like, uh, no bitch, like uh, this isn't going to work. Yeah. So- I feel like your intuition was an adult and I feel like our love is the 16-year-old girl inside of us. 100%. And so when we let, let the, the child run the show, unfortunately, in real adult land, there's so many aspects that go into making a relationship work yes. and making a partner in life. And love is so complicated when we learn it's not just yes. 100% love feelings in a relationship. Totally. A lot of logistics go into that. And we think of that as unromantic or taking ourselves out of the moment. And that's one of the reasons we started this podcast is just breaking the stigma of viewing a relationship as a failure. If if there's a breakup involved, viewing uh, a troubled relationship as a failure. I think we're just unconditioning a lot of the things that we had to learn growing up uh, through, through so many sources. For sure. Yeah. And so I, your intuition was trying to like say, grow up. I'm protecting you. We're uh, over 21 and we can, we can pay our bills. I'm in my yeah. 30s. She was like, girl, this is not it for us. I, I think that also there was something in me that stayed because I was like, I can do hard things. Like I don't leave when it's right. hard. Right. There was like, there were all of these conflicting things in me that was like, one hand saying like, hey, I actually don't think 
that this should be this hard or, or the hard, th- like we're not even at the hard things. You know what I mean? Like we're not like totally in a relationship. The hard things is, should be life, you know? And that's not to say that you don't fight, you don't grow together. You don't, you know what I mean? All of that is true, but the, the, the back and forth and the high and the low should not be happening so consistently between you guys all the time on a daily basis. Like something's not compatible there. If that's what's I happening. I think that's so well put for people that are looking on the verge of, are we going to go through a breakup? It's absolutely. Cause I, I've, I've been in relationships where like, yeah, we can do hard things. We can get through this. And it's for the lack of, um, Giving up is really hard to admit, especially when it comes to potential soulmates or the idea that okay. you've convinced yourself this is, you know, somebody I could also, I'll be curious to ask you, you know, sometimes the love doesn't go away, confusingly so. Mm-hmm. And to be able to sit with that and say, but that's not love. And it can feel like love and it'll continue to feel like love, but that doesn't mean it's right for you. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's taken me, it took me a really long time to separate them. And when we finally did break up, and like I said, it was so tumultuous and then we didn't speak and then he wanted to get back together. And I had to sort of say like, no, so hard, so hard. And when you're firmly inside of that feeling, right. But I love this person. I love them. I I love them. I love them. And they're fighting for the relationship as well at this point. Of course. And then, and then you you become the one giving up. You, it, it, it all becomes you, right? Because, and it doesn't matter all the things that got you there because they're still willing to be a part of it and you're not. And so you got to like take on the villain, the villain role. And oh, that nice. was really hard for me. That piece specifically where I was like, oh, wow. Like in order for me to leave and to exit, I need to find a way to be at peace or be okay enough with the fact that your version of me your story of me is going to be a version that feels so painfully different than a, what, what I believe to be the reality and what in time would later be reflected to me as the reality by other people, which I did not know at the time, but it's so much to take on as somebody who was for lack of a better term, like the victim of somebody who had things done onto them. Yes. And not saying that anyone's side of the street's perfect, but it, more or less when there's manipulation going on, there's another manipulation party favor as you're walking out the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the final thing, the final conversation we had is he was like, you're a liar. You're calling me all these names. And I was like, I'm a liar. Like, what do you, what? No one else tells me this in my life. I'm assuming that's your case. Literally. No. I mean, people literally are like, please be less honest. Like, like my whole life, people were like, please stop. Um, and, and really, I know we've spent all this time talking about the actual relationship itself, but, but the thing to me that has been kind of the redefining factor of this, the whole experience of this year is. I was going to say, yeah, your biggest takeaway in the breakup. Yeah. Well, well, and what happened after the breakup was this very weird thing that a bunch of his other exes reached out to me on social media. Throughout the year. Did they, did they, did you post him on social media? So when you broke up, they knew you were broken up? Like how did that, oh, or why y'all were still together, you were getting these messages? No, after, 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 after. Okay. So So they got wind that you guys broke up or they somehow knew through social media you broke up and that's when you started getting the messages. One of the women, one of them had dated him before I had dated him and she had followed me online 
someone she had seen like my piano chats or something. So wow, she just total me, coincidence. Totally coincidentally, before he and I had even dated, before I had ever even met him. And she followed me. And then like one day she, I had posted him. And so she, can you imagine, can you even imagine that experience by the no. way? You're just like following some creator that you like, and then you see your ex-boyfriend is dating them. Like I literally, I was like, when I, when, when she and I had finally ended up speaking, I was like, that must've been horrible. She's like, honestly, I just figured this isn't going to last that long. Cause she seems smart and she's going to figure it out. Um, and so she, and boy, did you, I mean, the lesson I, that, yeah. So she reached out to me. I, I had, I had put a song out called the girl who comes next, right? Like about a few months after mm. and I had broken up. You were the girl who came next. <laughs> Literally. The, this song has taken on such a new meaning. You can't even begin to know what's happened. This year has oh, been wow. wacky. So, so she reaches out, she sends me a DM. So respectful. She's like, Hey, if she explains everything I just explained. I had followed you. A friend sent me your account. I saw you were dating, mm-hmm. maybe dating someone I had dated. So I sort of stepped away. But this song wow. you just put out showed up on my Explore page. So I'm, I won't assume anything, but I'm thinking maybe. And she's like, and all she said was, I, at that point, she said, um, I just, I just want you to, I just hope you feel more like yourself every day. She said, it was like a lovely wow. message. And I was like, oh shit. So like, she the, the serendipitousness of all of that is just crazy. wild. So that happens, and then and the year was like very very strange. Like lots of people I knew were like randomly bumping into him. I randomly bumped into him in a in a bar in Red Hook like three months later. Which if you're in, I don't know what like the equivalent how to explain this to somebody, but Red Hook is like very far out in New York. Like we, you, it is a far away. Okay. It is, is it deep not, Brooklyn. It's like deep, deep, deep Brooklyn. There's like, it's like, yes. you see like the back of the statue of Liberty. Okay. Like you are not, <laughs> like, it's not like, not a lot of people are hanging in Red Hook. It was very weird. I'm like, oh, right. And he, and you handled that. We honestly, I just sort of looked at him and then I walked away. I didn't say anything. Okay. He was okay. with a girl. He was on a date. And um, this was, that was probably June. And in July, okay. I, I don't know if you remember, um, Jonah Hill, all that stuff that had happened with Jonah Hill yep. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The, his ex-girlfriend and, and she posts all these text messages. And I had had some friends send them to me and say, wow, this mm-hmm. like really reminds me of your ex. And I was, I was, I wanted to post a video about it. Cause that's like what I talk about on my social media, yeah, really like debating it because I was like, you know, I don't want to call this into my life. I don't want to, I don't want a scenario where I'm going to post this and maybe he's going to reach out to me. Like I'm not looking to like ignite anything. And then this other- Send a vendetta publicly to him. Exactly. And like, I certainly would never like mention his name or any, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, it's just not about him. But I also felt on the other hand, well, you know what? No, like this is something that I would comment on. This is my story. I've never, I've been talking about dating on the internet for two years. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mm-hmm. not talk about my story out of fear that like you're, go- he's in some way going to reach out or, you know, if there's going to mm. be some sort of like repercussion from him. Like that feels to me like I'm still allowing him to control like my life and my the power dynamic. Whatever. Yeah. The power dynamic. Totally. Yeah. And so I made the video and I get, I put it on Instagram and TikTok and the, the first girl who I had, who I had spoken to in February reaches back out to me. And she said, 
you know, she was much more specific, obviously, because I'm sure she felt like there was, you know, she, an opening now. And she said, I can't mm-hmm. even begin to tell you how not all of these things and more he did to me. And it was like, it was like verbatim, like so many of similar wow. things. And then I get a message on TikTok from a girl who messages me and she says, Hey, I saw your video. Um, I think we dated the same guy. And this is now the, the second or third girl. Second girl. This is the second girl. Second girl. She says, I think we dated the same guy. And I was, and I had, he had like posted her on a story and a friend of like, at some, they must've dated a little bit. And a friend of mine had like sent it to me. And I, I remember when that happened, I was like, Hey guys, like, please don't send, I don't want to know. Right. Like sometimes mm-hmm. your friends think that they're like doing helping the, you helping. And I was like, I don't want to know. Also like right. all the women in the world that are like FBI agents on the internet and can do like from one story, no, like, <laughs> like literally totally. security number. Um, totally love that. So, so she messaged me and I was like, Oh my God, I think this is the same. I think this is that girl. And so my friend was like, yeah, that's her. So he dated her after me. And she said he, it was, it was all of this. That was quick. (laughs) Real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Thing lasted six weeks and this is what happened. And she like went through all this stuff and he had a problem with her guy friends and he was very controlling and, and like she told, and he, he, you know, some of the details are different in, in all of them, but yeah. And then about the overall patterns, overall patterns. And then about like a few weeks yeah. after that, I get another message from another girl on Instagram. She's like, hi, I know this is kind of weird. I saw your video. I think we dated uh, the same guy. And it's the girl from the bar that I had run into him in Red Hook. Red Hook. And so she, there have been two girls after you. <laughs> since me, it had only been six months, which like also like whatever, bless. Get yeah, your- but, but the fact that they're going in and out with the same stories and, and enough gumption to reach out to you is, and, is and what all, I take away from that. And all of them like pretty dismantled by it. Like all of mm-hmm. them pretty like whiplashed by it. And like looking f- for some sense of grounding because their realities had been so disjointed by the experience. And I was honestly, I mean, the first, to be honest, like the first two, I was like validation everywhere. I was like, please, like amazing. By the third girl, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is, you know, it's a situation because it's emotional abuse and this kind of manipulation is not something that leaves a physical mark, right? So what are you going to do? You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't do anything to protect anybody. Um, he didn't physically harm, not to my knowledge, knock on wood, to anybody I'm aware of. So it's one of those things where at the very least I thought, what a weird, beautiful thing that the internet, which can be so dark, has given us this connectivity and that these girls like somehow found me through whatever way. Um, and that we were able to give each other like closure and empathy and the grace that we would never get from that man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was like a really beautiful thing. And that, you know, and I feel like societally things are different now, but I feel like societally, you know, the idea of like, you know, you think about like the next girl that they date, I feel like women really can like pit each other against each other in that way and compare each other. Right. Right. 
here was a situation where it was that it wasn't that at all, where it was the opposite, where, you know, we were coming together to be like, Hey, this happened to me. Did that happen to you? Okay. So totally. this isn't, it wasn't a me thing. I'm not crazy. Um, and that was a very cool. Weird. It's a blessing. Yeah. It was not on it's- my 2023 bingo card. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it was not on the vision board. Yeah. Yeah. Vision board. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, whoa. Like if someone had told me a year ago that that would have happened, I'd be like, that's crazy. That's like, but what a gift. I mean, thank God it was on the subconscious vision board or the, the serendipitous vision board because I, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think hopefully the tide is changing when it comes to women pitting, pitting each other against each other. But it's, it, I mean, like you said, social media has so many silver linings. Like your piano chats are one of them. There's such a community, especially I think with Gen Z, yes. if they call, you know, there's this like stereotype that they're wallflowers and yes. they have no backbones, but they're starting to band together for community. Yes. And have a voice and have a, a place of support. And that used to be only in like 12 step programs. Totally. And where you, there was no such thing as telehealth. You had to go to the therapist's office. Yeah. And there was the shame of like getting out of your car and being told something's wrong with you. So the stigma of mental health is changing and, and therefore the community around it is starting to change too. And that goes with how women treat each other under that umbrella. Yeah. It was really interesting actually, because the, the four of us are sort of similar ages. One girl's a much young, not much younger, but she's in her mid twenties. I'm 34. So the one girl's older than me, one girl's about my age. And then the, the one that had reached out to me on TikTok was the baby TikTok girl. Yeah. (laughs) I'm obsessed with her because like the other two were like, had like really worked through it. You know, they were like going to therapy, whatever. The 26 year old was like, "Mm -mm, girl, she was like six weeks in six weeks out. She was like, I knew he was a narcissist. Like I'm out the door. I told him don't call me anymore. She's like, I blocked him on all the accounts, but like, don't worry. She's like, I got my burner account in case we need to like rally up. I was like, I want to be you when I grow up. Like I, well, they, these kids have they have a voice and they're very not afraid to use it. And so that I think has changed. I'm 37. So the millennial to Gen Z cusp is totally is changing. 100%. Yeah. And I know and something else I thought was pretty interesting is because the, the guy that we're talking about, he's almost 40. And so I also mm. thought that was an interesting thing because, you know, the trope of, right, the guy gets older, the girl stays the same age. And I thought, right. oh, Gen Z girls are really about to fuck this up. Like Gen Z girls about to like not That's have great. that anymore. She was like, and she was so on it and was like, you know, she's like, I had been having like mental health issues and I really feel like, you know, that was something that he saw as an opening to manipulate me. Right. And it really was like a, she was like, that really was like a red flag for me. And I noticed that. And I was like, me at 26 was like, so not able to, to figure that well, out. Like how amazing. We didn't have the same resources 100%. at 26. 100%. You know, so that's the silver lining of social media. I really do believe that. I think really? podcasts, the, the the birth of so many different resources to get information and a community is yeah. changing. And this is the result of that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So what would you, I mean, this whole podcast has been about, this whole episode has been about like how to approach a relationship differently, essentially. But do you have a checklist of how you approach a relationship differently? Um, I also think it's amazing to state that we don't always have to be looking for a relationship. That's also, I think, a conditioning. So I just love that you 
are getting your time just to be about you. It's so lovely to see. Thank you. Uh, is there is there a single list you want to maintain? And is there a relationship in the future that you have a list mentally or physically that you keep in mind? I'm really you've been through something. I really am in a place where I have decided that I'm just going to let my intuition guide me. And mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think for me, the, the, um, the thing that I feel about a relationship now is that like, I like fundamentally in my gut have to feel wholly myself while I'm there and that Mm. I can be present in it. And I think that, and and that, and that the person I'm with can also feel that way, that we both can feel safe, calm, space, whatever words you want to use to like, just wholly show up as ourselves. And I think that kind of covers whether that's hard or easy or fun right. or passionate or whatever. And I posted a video actually about this sort of recently. And it's been interesting because the men in my comment section seem to be very taken aback by it. But I had said, I want to think the person I'm with is the coolest. And I don't mean that from like a clout perspective or what they do. Like, I don't care about any of those bullet points. I just want to fundamentally look at that person and be like, well, I think the way you are in the world is so cool. And you really respect them in like the most fun ways. 100%. And I think that that sort of like deep respect and admiration is for me the kind of foundation inside of something that I want. It's the thing I feel about the people I love the most in my life. I love the way they are in the world. And I love mm. to get to be with them while they are that way in the world. Um, and that's what I would love with someone that I romantically love and who loves me back. I would obviously like them to feel the same way about me. Um, right, right. And that's and to know that if they don't, that's an honest path. That that like you said, it's a it's a two way street, and that then therefore doesn't satisfy your vision of what the relationship you want. Totally, totally. And I think, and to for me, that, I, yeah. I think that that leaves leaves an openness for it to look like however it's going to look. And mm-hmm. for me, it's about my like list. I guess is more about how it's going to feel. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I used to have that list. And I met someone who was the list and it really didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And so now I've done away with the list and I just know that like in my core, I'll know that it feels like the right thing and I don't care about how it looks anymore. Um, and until then I'm going to just like live my whole life very much in my wholeness, I guess. And hopefully the person that's the right person for me will be attracted to that and, you know, and want to be a part of that. Oh, I think you're going to have to change your, your tour to the Lovely Hearts Club versus the Lonely Hearts Club. Thanks. Because you guys are keeping each other company between all of the, the exes <laughs> and your community that's around you. It's, it's really cool to see. Thanks. Uh, the lightning round, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, one word answers, one sentence answers, whatever comes to you first. Okay. When was your first breakup in your life? I think it was the fifth grade. Brutal. Okay, and who was your first crush? Was I hopefully this is not the fifth grade crush. No. <laughs> my first, my very first crush, I think it was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And then what is your model relationship? It's somebody in your life that you really just love them as a couple. My best friend Scarlett and her husband Cody are my oh, that's my model relationship. 
husband. So what is your breakup movie? Do you have a breakup movie that you love? Ooh. That you or that is about breakups? A breakup movie. That's so good. Like anything Julia Roberts, which I know is a rom-com, but my best friend's it's wedding, a, it's, like any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then what is your breakup song? It could definitely be one of yours. Oh, it could be one of my own. This would be a good time to promote. Absolutely. I have a song called Setting Me Free that I think is a very good breakup, sort of like Rise from the Ashes song. Okay. And then what is your breakup food? Pasta. Pasta. I'm New Yorker pasta, the best pasta. Oh, no. Yeah. What is your, uh, what is the first thing you do after a breakup? Like, like that second? It could be that second. It could be depression naps. It could be crying. It could be calling your friends. It could oh, be calling, walking calling around aimlessly. Calling my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Calling your best friend. And then what is the number one red flag in a relationship or potential relationship? When someone is not kind. Hmm. And what is the number one green flag in a relationship or a potential relationship? When somebody can apologize. Apology. Yeah. And then lastly, what is a fun quirk of yours that boyfriends in the past have loved about you? <laughs> it can annoy them. It, you can, they can tolerate it. They can love it. It doesn't matter. Um, when I'm stressed, I like tend to get, a, I like talk really fast and I tend to be like a little mm. like on the fritz. Okay. I think, I think they think that's like cute and fun in the beginning. I don't know. About okay. But in the beginning, I've definitely had some of them just sort of like, look at me being like, let me know when you're done with this little tornado you're doing. I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And lastly, words of wisdom. At the end of our interviews, we like to ask our guests, what are their words of wisdom? And it will be guiding, guiding our listeners through a breakup and just the best piece of relationship advice, which I feel like you, you touched on earlier. Sure. Yeah. I was going to say it's sort of like what I said, but I don't, it doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter how it looks to other people. It doesn't matter what the bullet points are. It just matters how it feels to you. Well, thank you, Ariana the Rose for joining us this week. I think so many people are going to get so much out of your story. And I mean, we need to start like an exes club. Like that needs to be a thing. It would, it would help heal, especially relationships where, you know, they're, they're really troubled. They're really hard breakups. It yeah. wasn't that two people just weren't right for each other. It's the yes. really toxic ones that, sure. that need a lot of support. And there's okay. no better support than someone that's been through it themselves. I mean, literally. Yeah, I definitely, like I said, it wasn't on my, wasn't on my, uh, on my list for the year, but <laughs> it was one of those surprises that I feel honestly, like pretty honored that I got to like be a part of that with these mm. women. I thought that that was, um, something that felt special and unique and niche and, uh, I felt like it was cool that they felt like safe and safe enough to kind of um, reach out. One fun story that I'll end with is uh, I was, oh gosh, how old was I? 23 dating a much older guy and he was an alcoholic and he would call me um, after he would go out at night saying we hung out that night, but we had not hung out that night. And I, uh, I think the third night he did this, he called me and I said, he kept just saying you. And I said, will you say my name? I just love when you say my name. And he said, and I'm 23 at the time. And he goes, Jennifer Lawrence. And I was like, huh, okay. And I called my best friend. I said, there's some girl I think he's dating named Jennifer Lawrence. And I, I get on Facebook and this girl, she was in high school. She had just graduated high school and had her phone number on there where I thought, and there were pictures of them, and I thought, okay, I could text this girl, but I see that she's an actress. 
I'm in the business. I don't want her to have a slant against me that has nothing to do with me. I'm gone. I just want this young girl graduating high school not to be had. And so uh, we debated if I should text her or not, and I never did. So I really commend these women for reaching out to you. That was – apparently he did get his heart broken by her like six months later. And, it, yes, it is the, it is it the is Jennifer, Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence, right? Yes, I'm like, yes, okay, yes wow. it was. Yes, I hope yes that it was. It was. It. I hope yes. that she sees So, yes, that. yeah. We'll see if she sees it. But, yeah, if I ever meet her, I was like, I can't wait to tell her the story of the guy that was just so awful. Um, and, and we know both realized she, it. She's going to remember exactly who that is, too. Like, you, she's going to know oh, exactly. Oh, she will. There's no doubt about it. She'll know. She'll know. Yeah. 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 So I, I thought that was quite, oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I really commend your exes for reaching out. That's a, it's a really, really commend them. For sure. uh, thank you guys all for listening. Yeah, seriously. Thank you guys all for listening to Uncoupling. And Ariana Rose, thank you for your candidness. I really do appreciate it. So many people are going to get so much out of this today. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uncoupling Podcast is produced by Stampede Ventures, Jason R. Ellis, and Holland Roden. 